like if we're going to talk about religion, can't not ask you about your progress on Neon Genesis because religion is just playing all sorts of weird, wacky, fun things because they're really blending the idea of uh, Nirvana with Western concepts, which I find very, which I found very fascinating when I watched that. Also, um, I'm watching this other anime that will make theologians and historians puke out their eyes because it's so batshit crazy. It's called Record of Ragnarok. And I guarantee you, you will just, your brain will melt. It'll implode inside of your skull because you basically, the first episode, Pantheon of, Pantheon of Gods, sorry, a Pantheon of Pantheon of Gods decides, we keeping humans around anymore? And they all just vote no. They're like, nah, screw them. On Netflix, <laughs> I've seen the trailers. It looks <laughs> like, as soon as you see like, oh, like a woman with like beach ball sized boobs, it's just like. That's oh. Aphrodite and she needs, she needs. But here's the thing, uh, Aphrodite hands to hold them up, which is absurd. As someone, but the, this is my thing with sort of depictions of gods, right? Like when you think, especially a god like Aphrodite is a perfect example, right? Like she isn't just like her go her attractiveness, like whether you're looking at Odysseus talking about her or Rick Reardon in the Percy Jackson books. I will give mm. the books free advertising because they're awesome, even though it's YA fantasy. Uh, she isn't her attractiveness isn't just skinny. Call it what it is, Western right. shonen. It no no it is it is I I fully admit that I fully admit to that I'm not yeah which this is something I don't think we talked about that's why Shadow and Bone is hating for so many people right mm -hmm. it's Western shonen. Um, and uh, uh, but like Aphrodite's attractiveness is not skin deep. Mm -hmm. She is mm -hmm. not just good looking. She's got like a beautiful personality, and she's all these yeah. things. She's older than all of the other Olympians, but you fall in love with all of her. But that's but well, you know what? Guess what? Vishnu has more to offer than just multiple arms. But that's as deep as anyone doing anime wants to go. It is just the most superficial shit ever, and. I'm telling you, the way these characters are depicted and the way they're interacting with one another, like they used Adam. That they used Adam as one of the people to fight the representative of humans to fight gods. And what is, is he Adam? Adam? Like Adam is he, is he at least, what, what is he like a white dude? He is an anime pretty boy that looked like he came off of a figure skating show and all he all he wears is a fig leaf. And brass knuckles, and he fights Zeus. And he, what, 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 is, he a white, is he a white dude, or is he oh, like blonde hair, blue eyes all the way? Yeah, gross. Like if, if like the the theory being that Garden of Eden was in like the Indo the in where the Indus Valley civilization was, like he mm -hmm. should at least be like Iranian at the very this least. Is, this is, yeah, this is like anime at its most anime, and I think that you know what I I discovered something about myself. I think what I enjoy, my my guilty pleasure, is the trashiest of animes, like exploring them. Because ah. I even tried some, I tried stuff like Black Butler even for a few episodes. It is awful. I do not understand. And yes, I'm sorry, Black Butler fans, but I'm talking to you. I don't know how or why you like this show. It is absurdly uninteresting. And yet... I feel compelled to continue watching at least the first season. Yeah. So what of, does that say about me? It's not even like a guilty pleasure. It's like you're hate watching, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, like I'm watching, I'm trying to watch the current season of The Flash, right? Because like the first like five or six episodes was the end of the previous season. Flash I'm now, like, too, dude. Arrowverse shows in general, with the exception of like 
uh, Superman and Lois because it is fire. It is phenomenal. It's like the best of like early Smallville meets Man of Steel. It is the best Superman show I've ever seen. Can you and, confirm something for me? Yes. Is the new Kryptonian that wears the S and has that cool costume, like the cool uh, Eradicator looking costume, is that Supergirl in this one? The one with the short black hair? No, that's that's Supergirl in the Flash movie that's coming up. The one with Ezra Miller. Really? It wasn't an Eradicator what? costume. They put the cape in in post, so the fluttering looks good. Oh, dude, I yeah. thought that was just a really badass looking Supergirl costume. No, oh, that's no, cool. that's, that's the movie. Yeah, they posted a picture. Annie Muschietti, the director of The Flash, posted it on his Instagram, and then he posted another couple pictures. Like, photos got leaked. They went up on screen ran, and then they got taken down by WB, and then the director posted them on his Instagram. Like, Well, I will say on the record that I think that the costume designing has been getting cool with um, a lot of these movies, but I'm really... I'm questioning the textures that they keep putting on these costumes. Like well, I know it's they, for lighting and for to to add depth, but hmm. well, they are the the this. I believe in the in canon, she is Henry Cavill Superman's cousin, right? Because it's the DC EU. Okay. They don't have a they don't have a name for it, but that's what people mm -hmm. call it. Um, people thought that she's like a, a a Latina actress, but they thought that she was going to. They were going to like. Dye her hair blonde so she looked like the the the, the cartoon they did surprise people and was also people were very thankful for uh, mm -hmm. but going back to what we were talking about before we started recording and we were like we should record this because it's a variety show we talked about everything i made chapaguri from <laughs> parasite this afternoon like a couple weeks a couple days ago and then i made it again this morning and there's so much like it's like enough for like four servings I didn't make sir like buy like expensive Korean sirloin. I bought the closest thing that was available, and I spent way too much money on meat, and it was way too extravagant. But that was sort of the point of the meal. And goddamn, was it tasty! But my, <laughs> my face melted. And I thought I was less white. I thought I had prepared enough by my father, who eats whole jal my white father, who eats whole jalapenos and whole like habanero peppers inside of his fucking curry. And on the other side of the screen, Kaim's eating shrimp crackers. Oh God! Because that's <laughs> how we roll. Shrimp crackers. There's. Why would you want something shrimp flavored? I don't understand. No, I. They're delicious, I, I, man. I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm a fan of that flavor. Mmm, it's good. It's so good. Uh, but we were also talking about Neon Genesis Evangelion, and I have not. I have stagnated in my watching of it. I've, I haven't watched further from when we've last spoken, just because I finished my book. It's written and edited oh, okay. and spell-checked twice. So now I have to do something with it. Wait, waiting for it, man. Waiting for it. It's, it's 293,000 words. It is... If, if anyone from uh, a major fantasy publisher is listening, uh, then please hit me up, yo. Okay, so if you haven't watched any more Evangelion, and we can't really, you know explore that topic anymore uh i think we should uh discuss and we kind of discussed it a bit on tuesday you know what happens to all the clones when they they expire like kai had an interesting theory so they were mentioning mass graves when i when i came into the conversation they were just like where are these um where are these clone mass graves and the universe like are they on dagobah are they on are they on uh Dathomir or something, and I'm just like, no, 
the clones have Order 99, which orders them to come back to Kamino and walk off into the ocean like lemmings. And they're just drowned on Kamino because the whole planet could be a whole friggin' watery graveyard. Who knows what you would find on the floor of Kamino? On the ocean floor of Kamino. I mean, that would be a series unto itself, a Jacques Cousteau style, you know, Star Wars archaeologist. I would watch that. I would watch that and with a guy with crazy hair just saying aliens over and over again. I mean, obviously it was aliens. <laughs> there you go. But, but I mean, it, it, it is an interesting, you know, issue. Like, I, I don't know if, if any of the writers or, so, you know, have, have thought about it at all. But, like, we know that Rex is a Generation 1 and he's still alive basically by the time of A New Hope. Um, so we know... Uh, that, you know, at least in terms of their lifespans, they should probably still be alive by that point, but they're not. So, you know, what happened to them? So they actually are a recent published kids book that basically removed, like got rid of or um, retconned uh, the guy that people, so that Rex actually ended up becoming in A New Hope, uh, or it's in, sorry, the last Jedi, in uh, Return of the Jedi, the guy, the, the bald guy with, the, with like sort of the dark olive skin and the white beard. Wait, that's uh, supposed to be Rex? I mean, I just know it is now. They retconned it, so it is Rex now. Or sorry, right. which character does Re which character does Rex play? But like, he's got he he's the character that everyone said after the the Rex reveal in Rebels. He is the character that everyone said, "Oh, that guy's Rex." Now, obviously, it wasn't because the Clone Wars hadn't even been decided on what they were back when uh, Return of the Jedi was made. However, this book that is that is considered canon, which is a story of which is a sort of a kids book about Rex. The like the final two pages are Rex later joined the rebellion and helped Princess Leia and Han Solo defeat the Empire, and here is them celebrating at Endor. And it's like Rex next to R two D two, and in the background are Luke, Han, and Leia, Chewie, C three PO. I only bring that. No, but up I was wondering, like, does he even kind of look? Like the guy who played like Django Fett, he does actually. Oh, okay. Um, because uh, it's it's so you you barely see him really. You don't see a lot of his features because like the beard is so dominant. But I only bring this up because if Rex is so effective of a fighter, I, even at that age, even given the fact that Gen One clones age even slower, they age faster than humans, but they age slower than like Gen Two and onwards. Does that mean? that clones retain their effectiveness well into sort of their old age and maybe to age and degrade. So therefore, what possible reason would they have had for killing all the clones, right? Unless there is sort of some sort of deeper thing that like it would just behoove them to just let the clones die off and every time one dies, you replace them with a stormtrooper. Right, that's my theory. Just, I just started thinking one day, like, what happened to all these clones? And the inescapable conclusion was like, they all have to be like buried somewhere, only because we don't see them in the in the main trilogy. No, you're right, though. We don't actually know what happens to clones in the Clone Wars when they die. Right, they're very much like the orcs of the show. They are the faceless fodder that is meant to be background for the fighting of the heroes. Right, and the clones yeah. that do. And even and even the clones that survive and sort of become characters, whether it's Echo or Fives or Rex or Cody or Dogma or whoever, even they end up dying. Rex is the only clone, the only named clone that we know who lived past 
like the early months of the empire, right? Question. So something happened to them, and we don't know what it is still. Are clones sterile or no? I think they Can are. Can they have children? No, they are not. They are not sterile. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. They are sterilized because the clone that had kids with that Twi'lek, those kids are actually adopted. Okay. Oh, you're talking about like the second episode of The Bad Batch, right? Yeah. I'm just, yeah, I'm just curious. Episode. Like, could there be clone DNA floating around? Like, there would be a lot of clone DNA floating around the universe. No, the only, the only the clones... The only if any if everyone anyone's watched um, Friday January twenty June twenty fifth episode of the Bad Batch, then you would know uh, of the reveal. But like the only clones that we know that know of before the episode came out are Boba is the only clone who is perfect. He is an mm -hmm. exact genetic replica, right? Well, He's I think we can. Kai, Kai Kai doesn't care about a spoiler, right? For Bad no. Batch. Okay, so uh, Omega is essentially another Boba Fett, but like she's another like perfect genetic uh, copy. Did they, they not explain that because Omega's a girl? Yeah, yeah. I, I wonder. Uh, I'm sure they will explain it, and there's probably going to be a reason. Probably be a, a good reason too. Dave Filoni and like the Clone Wars verse have not like sub universe of Star Wars has has yet to lead us wrong, lead us astray, um, but like. It Max sort of brings up like where where are all the clones at, and this is one of those things that they didn't think about again when they were making when they were making stuff like five. Yeah, or that, six was, years that was ago. the question I was asking. Like, has anybody actually? I mean, at this point, somebody's probably. How did Rex die? Like, Rex lived to return lived to yeah. the end of Return of the Jedi. How did Rex die? Right? Are we going to see Rex in Mandalorian? In the Mandalorian, we're gonna have. We might have to, and they're gonna have to like put age up. Temra Morrison. Temra. Uh, for that, no, wouldn't he be the same? Wouldn't he be the same age as, as no, the original by Gen this point? Clones, Gen one clones age fast, age faster than humans, right? But not as fast as like Gen two and Gen three and onward clones, right? Did Boba say, is a human. Did they say that that Gen two and onwards age faster than Gen one? I don't remember that. I don't. Not that Gen two ages faster. They have said in the past. I think it was like an early Clone Wars. Like how Gen One ages faster because Rex was Rex isn't the only on, isn't only the only clone from the Clone Wars to survive. Rex is also like there were other Gen One clones. I think Cody was one. Mm, I yeah. think um, not Dogma. I think not, not or Echo. What was the name? I can't remember. But like there are other all those clones that died throughout the process of the show, and. Yeah. Uh, it's not something they've had to really get, show off yet, and what well, if they have if they have a, like uh, accelerated aging? Could they have accelerated decomposition? Is that why there's no graves around? But very well. But bone calcium doesn't just turn to dust, right? Science, Star Wars science. There, no, if but if very much so, Matt could be Matt could be on the right track. They could just walk them all into an incinerator. Yeah. Or like drop I mean, them in. That's like, super put dark. Put them all. No, but they could, it could be fucking <laughs> dark. I'm sorry. Have yeah, you watched the true. Clone Wars and Rebels? They haven't exactly shied away from things. Have you yeah, seen Matt, They blew up a planet, Matt. Yeah, I guess that's true. That's true. Twice. Like they could put them in, a, they could put them in cages and fucking just drop them into the ocean on Camino and just drown them. 
Right, but well, okay, I think like a bag I, of kittens. I think I could okay, I could see maybe that that having happened off screen. I can't see that actually being like a scene in a show, but you know, who knows? <laughs> but it's like it's like it's kind of, for me, it's kind of like when I when I'm because I was watching uh, I I gave to a Kickstarter a couple years back, a Critical Role, The Legend of Vox Machina. Uh, they just sort of announced finally who's doing the character designs, and it's Phil Barassa, right? He did Young Justice. He did all the more recent DC wow. movies from like Justice League War to present. Big get. And his sort of tone and stuff is perfect for Legend of Vox Machina because it is, it is animated, but it is an adult show. It is for adults, mm -hmm. right? It's so it, has, it looks very sophisticated, even for Phil Barossa's animation, which is already very sophisticated. But they haven't said that Clone War, that Clone Wars, the Bad Batch or Rebels are for kids or for adults. But based on everything we've seen so far, I'm not uh, I'm not resistant to the idea that they're going to not do those very adult, not just adult, but dark, but also realistic. It's not so dark if you think about how realistic it would be, mm -hmm. right? Right. Like, yes, they're a clone army and they're all these things. They were made and they are property. We don't talk about the fact that the, the the republic that is freedom and democracy is being defended by a slave army. We don't talk about that enough. <laughs> like they are, are they slaves if they were born without choice. Very much, but we don't know, right? Before mm -hmm. the sort of addition of the chips, we just thought they were like, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? We just thought the clones were like indoctrinated. That's why Order sixty six went went mm -hmm. at the Right? He said, execute order 66. So they made it a code word, but so up until sort of the, the addition of the, the chips or the, the microbio, the bio, you know, biomechanical chips for order 66 to go by to make them obedient, we thought that, or I did anyway, that there must be 65 other orders, all of which they were sort of, it was drummed into them. Like you serve the Republic, you are to work with the Jedi, you do follow your orders, blah, blah, blah. But if but orders, but you have learned, like clones actively know what Order sixty six is, right? Did they? No, that's what the idea was. That's what I always oh. believed, right? Before the Clone Wars came came along, the TV mm -hmm. show. Oh, okay. So does that then mean that why why call like because then it brings up all other things, right? Because it wasn't weren't there like Legends books that got into like the other like similar orders. Or well, something. I'm not sure. I even though I read a lot of the post Jedi uh, Legends books, I never really read many that took place in the Clone Wars, so I'm not too sure. Yeah, like I don't know. I don't. I don't even know what to think when it comes to sort of what they would do with all those clones. What they would do with all of that. All those people, right? We're saying clones, but they're people. Yeah. Is there a definitive number of how many there were? There's like fuck. I think there was. Like, I think they made like fifty million or, or something. Some ridiculous number. Like Sifo-Dyas put in an order for ten million, right? If you go back and watch Attack of the Clones, that's what the yeah. order was for. There could have been how however many more after that that they needed to like re up their order. So, like, do you think that essentially? By 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 going with this story in the Bad Batch about Omega, they're gonna basically set up like in the book of Boba Fett, like he meets his sister, or he goes searching for his sister, or something like that. Do you think it's it's all being done just so that they can have this character appear 
in the book of Boba Fett. Action. I think that character will now appear in the book of Boba Fett, especially because they are, well, as of this episode, they're sort of building up Fennec Shan as a bit of a, like, a good guy, you know? Well, I think we also need to address that it, like, Fennec Shan must be from a species that ages very slowly because this is, okay, this is 19 years before New Hope, but uh, the, um, uh, the Mandalorian is like nine years after New Hope. So essentially, she should be eight years younger. I'm gonna I'm gonna push back on that because she could be conceivably she could be. It's Star Wars, so suspension. Let's 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 account like suspension of disbelief. Yeah, but also, say she becomes a bounty hunter at nineteen. She becomes experienced and stuff by twenty three, twenty four. Another twenty eight years, she's fifty one, fifty two, right? Yeah, but she and, doesn't look 51, 52 in The Mandalorian. So I'm just no. saying that they she'd have to age slowly, be from a species. Hey, man, my, my, again, dad is, my, my dad's 54. He looks pretty he looks better than all of us. Okay. <laughs> um, bad face. Uh, Fennec Stan, just to remind uh, casuals like myself, um, who also play tabletop Star Wars, but casuals like myself. Um, yeah, yeah. Casuals. Yeah, you're casual nerds, Kai. I, you know what? Here's the thing. I, I've i never read a Star Wars novel, but I've played the tabletop game. Like, at what point am I not a casual, you know? I, I feel like I'm a casual because I don't know who, I, off the top of my head, I really don't know who Fennec Shan is. Well, that's Mr. a little surprising, only because she was that bounty hunter in, in, in The Mandalorian who was with Boba Fett. Yeah, I think Matt is right. I think they're pretty much just setting up, like, a character that they can probably have, like, be sort of a Boba Fett successor type character, and that's going to be Omega. And they're going to like I don't I don't know if they cast like some big name actor. I think name actor. I think they would cast a really good actor to be mm -hmm. certain, certainly. Um, if she wasn't used already in one of the in what was which show was it? It was the Mandalorian. If she wasn't already used in the was it the Mandalorian? Yeah, I think. No, 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 not her. Um, the actress who played. Star Wars actress who played uh, the border smashers, country smashers on Falcon the Winter Black Soldier. Smashers? Flag smashers. No, it was in Solo. The character, I know, the actress. Yeah, well, Solo. Solo. Thank you. a member you. of the, the cloud jumpers. Okay, see, this is why I call myself a casual. You still knew the character, <laughs> just because you didn't know the name well, of the movie well, she was in. I mean, I think we've come across an interesting topic, like, you know what? What makes somebody a casual fan of something over? At what point do you? What time? Yeah. At what point do you breach casual? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm. A, I would consider myself a casual fan of like wrestling. It's one of those things. Like I watch it when I on when it's on. I like. I will not. I will seek out episodes on occasion, but like I'm not losing my mind if I miss an episode every week. Right. I'm losing my mind sometimes. I'm losing my mind if I miss like a main episode of Critical Role. Right. Okay. No. Well, then what makes somebody a hardcore wrestling fan? Like, I would consider myself more than a casual, but it's not like I can name all the different wrestling moves. So, does that mean so, I'm not I mean, quite a hardcore fan? When we talked about wrestling a couple weeks back, like, perfect example, you said, like, if I miss an episode or two, I'll just jump right back in. It's not super important for me to go back. I think someone hardcore that missed it for a good reason, or for missed it for any reason, any reason's a good reason to miss a TV show. Like, could justifiably go back. Would would uh, if you were hardcore, you'd go back, you'd watch them, 
you probably watch Raw and SmackDown. Maybe you watch NXT too for like the bigger meta narrative when it comes to like Triple H and uh, the, uh, the McMahons and shit. So like that would be a hardcore fan. Like I think hardcore doesn't have to be like the merch and the live shows and the blah blah blah. I think you just got to be into it. You want you you want to invest your time. You don't just end up investing your time as sort of a like a happy coincidence or happenstance. But but I, I I do want to invest my time. They're just not giving me something that makes it worth my time. So yeah, I would, I say, it would all it would all be worth your time. I think you would make okay. it worth your time, or you would decide to like something. Right? Like I am a fan of Critic World, but I'm not a hardcore fan because the new show like. It gets really good in like the second, like in like the th the back three quarters, but that first hour was so fucking slow that I had to turn it off and then come back to it later with this mm. new show on Critical Role. Like it's great, new DM's great, everything's awesome, but it was so slow early on that I couldn't justify watching it when I could be editing something or doing something that was more fulfilling for me at that time. Okay, but then but then I got to push back a little bit on that idea because I would say I'm definitely a hardcore Star Wars fan, but I can't stand the first two seasons of The Clone Wars. I will never like what they did to Luke in The Last Jedi. Praise, um, praise, except for the Luke thing. <clears throat> but go on. But I've read, like, a, at least, okay, two-thirds of, like, the post Jedi legends books. I've read so many of the comics. Um, like I, the, well, I can't do it anymore in the past. I probably could have described the order of like all the scenes as they happen in like the empire strikes back. Cause I'd seen it so many times, although now it's been a while. So is it volume then? Do you think it's just volume or well, no, I, maybe, maybe it's, you care about what you watch. Like I, I like going back. I don't, I wouldn't say I'm a massive. I'm a hardcore fan of anything except for Critical Role. Maybe I'd say that about like. I don't know what I would say it about. Well, well, no, no. Like, then, then I gotta, then I gotta. I have to like sort of uh, summarize sort of what the ideas are, or at least question you guys, uh, your proposals right now. One, um, do you have to enjoy something to be to go beyond casual? Or is it just is it just a volume of knowledge? And two, we're not a fan, right? We're talking about fans. We're specifically hardcore fan. Yeah, that's fine. But like, you can you can do something like. I know people. Let me and kind of goes into the next um, next point. There is a theory that in order to become a master at something, you need to dedicate ten thousand hours to it. Right. I one of my favorite artists, Adam Hughes. He said that. I've before I make an a drawing that I really really love or make an image that I really love really love. There's ten thousand that I hate or ten thousand that I'm not a fan of. So there is this idea that ten thousand is the is is a level of mastery. Uh, ten thousand hours of something, and this is this is something that's been documented and documented in in various books and stuff. So does breaching casual fan status happen at the ten thousand hour mark? Or ten thousand hours is what they. And the second thing to that, the second thing to that is, do you have to enjoy all ten thousand hours? Well, there. Okay, so okay, I'll answer your second question first. No, and I think maybe that would be to maybe counter my point. You don't have to like it to be a hardcore fan. You have to. Mm -hmm. You have to be a. You have to enjoy the vast breadth of a of a property, canon or not. Star Wars is the perfect example of this. Mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't consider myself a fanatic about anything with the exception of like 
campaign one of critical role and how I made her mother. Right. But there isn't 10,000 hours of anything. Right. Uh, probably, right. Like, is there 10,000? Is there, are there, how long is an episode of the Simpsons? 22 minutes? Are there 20 minutes? Give or take. Are there 30,000 episodes of the Simpsons? No. Right. So, but has but, a person yeah. watched 10,000 hours by repeat watches? Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I have watched, there's 200, let's say round down, there's 200 episodes of Five Minute Mother, 20 minutes apiece. My point is that I have seen enough of Critical Role to know, oh, Critical Role, How I Mother to know that. I've watched the whole thing three times. I'm like capped up. Like you could quote it and I could tell you which season it's from. Um, but when it comes to sort of like someone is a casual fan, because then like what's a fan, right? I think a fan of something is someone who will seek something out to watch it, to attend an event, to do whatever, when not doing so would really not affect your day-to-day -day life. Like if you were a person that had never seen or tried to watch Game of Thrones at like its height in like mid 2015, like you never even like that by then you are choosing to not watch it. Right. Mm -hmm. The same can be said for like, if you, if some, if you go into like onto the street and you say, what's your favorite Marvel movie to someone, if they don't have an answer now in 2021, like with the mm -hmm. MCU, especially like they, they are living under a rock. I think phase four, baby. We're at phase four now. You can't no, not have, you can't not have seen one of those. Yeah, I don't. I'm not saying you have to have an opinion, but like you're gonna have seen one, and you're gonna know what your favorite one is. So or you're saying you'd have, you'd have to actively avoid watching them. Yeah, at this point. but a fan would be like, I thought. I think our our our, our coworker, or not Kai's, but Matt and I's former coworker, he hates Thor Ragnarok. He loves the original Thor, and he loves Thor: The Dark World. Because he, he likes them because they are accurate to Thor comics, right? And he was saying Thor was great when everyone else was saying Thor sucked way back in phase one, right? No, that's, Thor a was a fan of Thor. that's a fan of Thor, right? Of the, mm -hmm. the comic book character of Thor. And, uh, uh, but when it comes to sort of like, no, I think that's my point, actually. I think, I think Kai's right. I think when I'm like, or I think I'm right, I think. A fan is someone who seeks something out when not watching it really wouldn't take away my rightness. Right. You no, know, I mean, because if you're not a fan of it and you know it, it's just in the culture, right? Yeah. Like I wouldn't consider myself a Drake fan, but I'm I'm a I'm a I'm 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 a dude from Toronto in my twenties. Of course I fucking know who Drake is. Yeah. Right? It's a part it's in the culture. Right. Okay. But, but that still doesn't really answer the question of when do you become a hardcore fan? I mean, I think we can, we can say that a hardcore fan. I wouldn't even say hardcore. I would just say when you get past casual. Okay. Like when you become a formal fan. But when, you are, when you are watching it to the detriment of something else, I think we're taking it in. Right. I was, when I was at the height of my legends reading, like mid 2019, I think I read like every legends book up to and including the end of the Thrawn duology, like all of them. I think I skipped to the X-Wing books, but like, I, except for, with the exception of like Starfighters of Adumar, which is a great fucking book, by the way, probably the, one of the best legends books I've ever read. Um, and, and maybe it comes back to the, cause we, we were, we were trying to, we were discussing whether, uh, you have to like everything to be more than a casual mm -hmm. fan. I would say maybe part of it is you have to have an, uh, 
a strong opinion on what you've read or what you watched to be considered more than a casual fan. Like you don't necessarily have to have liked it, but if you didn't like, you would have an opinion as to why it would like matter to you. No, yeah, we're doing. I think so. I think I think that's fair because like if someone asked me like why didn't you like Thor, Thor, like the first Thor movie, like if I really thought about it and like the movie was right in front of me and I could look at the Wikipedia page, I could tell you. But like if I if I someone just asked me and didn't ask for a follow up, I would just say I didn't like Thor. It's I it's I didn't like I didn't think it was very good, right? Like that I don't think that makes me a hardcore fan. I think like if you broke down the reasons of like I'm a hardcore fan of Thor Ragnarok. I think it's the best MC movie in the MCU. Like mm-hmm. I break I can break down why it's awesome. Like the soundtrack. Taika Waititi shining. Chris Hemsworth, you can finally see Chris Hemsworth. He's shining and the character isn't. Uh they cut the fat of like Selvik, Jane Foster and uh what's her face's character? Darcy. Right? Darcy. Like why would you want to cut Darcy out? That's stupid. Because when you read a Thor con, she's um, she's amazing. She's amazing no, in everything she does. I'm not talking about Darcy. I have a spiel about why Thor is great because it looks like the comic books, right? That's true. And it, and it also really seems really close to my favorite like Thor arc, uh, Odin's Son, which was a little more recent, like a game of, I think game of like the past four or five years, right? Mm. Where he's like armless and he's got this big ass axe and all this shit. Like, great arc. Great, great, great arc. It reminded me a lot of this com- other comic that was coming out. Around the same time, called God Country, about this like old crotchety dude in like the American South, who like some like cosmic being drops the sword and he picks it up and he becomes like God. And he, I remember that. I think I flipped through it. How was that overall? God Country, like it deserves like a, a five hour like epic miniseries on. Really? Like, yeah, it's great. It's a great fucking read. Um, All right, maybe I'll pick that up. Thank but you. like a hard, hardcore fan, uh, when do you pass casual? I don't know. Perhaps I you have. I think it's when you're emotionally invested in That's the good. story. And mm. and and as the example of this, we're going to go to something that we talked about on Tuesday, and that was Kai's. Well, Kai was thinking that maybe he was never going to watch Naruto again. Uh, oh, 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 this is a good conversation that we should have recorded. Yeah. Uh, so just to give some clarification or some, some background on this, I went to a Comic-Con and saw all those damn headbands around, and I just really wanted to know what the hell is all this about. And I had I worked at a bookstore, and I had a friend who uh, was into the same stuff as me, and he's like, give it a shot. You might like it. There's some characters in there that I think you would really, really like. And I said, okay. I got into it, and at first it was cheesy, and I'm like, really, this? But it started to grow on me, and I fell into the shonen trap of, oh, my God, what will happen next week? Something completely non-consequential, but will lead into another, oh, my God, what will happen next episode? And I just fell in love with the characters over time. I fell in love with the relationships. And um, I know there's a meme out there that says, so-and-so saved me. And I got to say, Naruto saved me because uh, Kishimoto... Uh, Masashi Kishimoto did some amazing work with uh, Jungian concepts of the shadow self uh, with the characters all almost like there's there's a lot of duality with all the characters just war theory um, concepts of forgiveness and and uh, revenge so was, there's there's a lot of layers into this trashy shonen and I'll admit it's a trashy shonen show but there is they it, like every one of those has 
um, those moments, those deeper moments. So I cried at Naruto's wedding. I will wholeheartedly admit that. At the end of the last Naruto movie, there is a post-credit scene where he is married and his kids run into the room and he is happy. He finally, this orphan who the entire village hated and was, was spat on all his life, finally has a family of his own and is respected by his colleagues in the entire village. And I, and I cried and I'm not ashamed to admit that. And just last week on his son's show on, on, on Baruto, Naruto was sealed away um, by a villain and his connection to the in a, in a different dimension and his connection to the village and the main world is cut off and the viewer does not know whether he is dead or whether he has just been locked away uh arthur conan doyle arthur conan doyle style that's not what uh, down, the not water, what down the waterfall believe it down the waterfall that's not what happened that's not what happened okay whatever i digress um but I suddenly felt very jolted that I was not, I don't want to deal with the death of Naruto, period. If that story ever comes out, I'm never going to read it because I never want to say goodbye to these characters. I don't watch the final season sometimes of a show I really love. Still haven't watched the final season of Parks and Rec because that show is never going to be over for me. It's going to go on for eternity in my heart. And that's just the way it is. Now, Matt and Sam really dug into me saying I was doing myself a disservice by not letting the story finish, by not letting these characters have their final uh, final moments of being. And I'm kind of conflicted because I can't argue with the points they're making, but emotionally I can't justify them either. So you know, you know that, that's where the conversation was at the time. But like, yeah. Well, no, I was going to say, so So clearly you're very emotionally invested in this story, in the characters. So I would say- I'm not that, a casual when it comes to Naruto. Definitely not. But it raises an interesting point. Because of that emotional investment, you may not know, you, you, you may miss part of the story because you might refuse to see how things play out. I guess maybe you don't know what happens in the last season of Parks and Rec, right? Because you've never seen it? Nope. Okay, so- does the emotional investment but lack of knowledge on regarding parts of the story still make you a hardcore fan because like you couldn't talk to somebody about wow. certain parts of the story because you haven't seen them yet you're probably more emotionally invested than many other people so you know now what? listeners i gotta tell you he held that one for when we were recording just so he yeah. could embarrass me on this uh on online permanently yeah. when we when we post this, this show. You know what it reminds me <laughs> of actually, a solid point. Solid point, Matt. You know what it you know what it reminds me of actually? Uh campaign two of Critical Role just ended just ended. And there are people who are saying that the canon ending, they're saying it's not canon for me because what I want to happen didn't happen to characters. I'm going to give characters the endings they deserve in like fan fiction, right? Considering the fact that Critical Role is not scripted, that nope. the, the actors are the auteurs of the characters, that it's this, it's a D&D show. It's an RPG, right? And uh, you can't uh, predict what the dice are going to do. Yeah, it almost reminds me of that, right? Like, it's like the people who like write fan fiction about Game of Thrones because 
they, Danny didn't get the ending that they thought. And what if you actually watch the show, I didn't like the ending either. If you actually pay attention, you can see her slowly going crazy. I think like when it comes to sort of, we decide that we want an ending for the characters. It's like when Matt and I speak about legends, right? Like mm -hmm. obviously we know that the movies are can are the canon ending for like characters. Yeah. That doesn't make the fact that the endings in in books or where their stories went, I should say, in books, because like as of the conclusion of Legends, we don't actually know what we don't know the ultimate fates of Luke Khan and Leia, right? Or Lando for that matter, or C three PO, or Arch D two, or the Millennium Falcon. So this, I think, this kind of comes back to what Matt's point was: the emotional investment. It doesn't necessarily have to be positive. If you are beyond a casual, you can get angry at a property for taking it somewhere you don't want it to go because you are that invested. I so don't think we ever get angry because I just as a preface to whatever Matt's about to say, like I don't I, get I, about these things okay. because Fair point. I am satisfaction. I am. I can get emotionally invested in something. It's just like to to explain my point. I can get emotionally invested in something, but like. I'm not angry. I wasn't angry coming out of the Last Jedi. I was. I was dis or out of coming out of the Rise of Skywalker is a better example because it was the final one. I was disappointed. Mm -hmm. I was like, I was happy Ray's lightsaber was yellow, but like every other aspect of that, I was like, okay, well, I guess that's it. You know, like I'm not like, oh, this is fucking bullshit. Ugh yelling out spoilers to people in line like and i know people who i know of people who have done that and i'm just like why like dickishness yeah um yeah no i okay i would say that and I, I think sam mentioned this earlier you'd have to like the majority of the property otherwise you probably wouldn't have watched enough of it or read enough enough of it to to really um form many opinions and get emotionally invested in it but certainly, yeah, there's going to be aspects of, of 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 a property that that upset you if you're if you're um, more more than a casual fan. Um, and I would say, I think I think you know, kind of to answer the question that I put to you, Kai, I would say the emotional investment is the key part of being more than a casual fan. I think that does override maybe a lack of knowledge over certain areas because you're not interested in seeing where these characters go after a certain point. I, I will, uh, uh, just to echo that point, I think this also goes back to our conversation on DC movies and how the displeasure expressed by fans is not about how, why, it's not about their dislike for something, it's about their disappointment in how something they love so much is being misrepresented in their eyes. Exactly. Sorry, continue. Yeah, no, I think, I, I, I think that's a great point. Um, now, I think you can, you know, this kind of leads into a conversation of, you know, at which point are maybe you, can somebody be too invested in a property? Um, and, and mm -hmm. um, you know, when there's, when there's, when there's, uh, you know, negative results to that kind of thing. And then, you know, that can be like, maybe, well, you don't see the rest of it. You don't, you don't, you don't let things play out because sometimes like as, as maybe what could happen in Naruto, I don't know, things could work out. We don't know. And so you may do yourself a disservice. Uh, due to the emotional investment um and i yeah and but that's not right. i'm not that's not a criticism of you specifically i would be you know i was the same i was thinking after the last jedi maybe i'm kind of done with star wars because it's not really going in a direction uh that i, I can't don't believe you no no i was but then look look what i would have missed with the mandalorian 
uh, yeah. in the last season of the Clone Wars. There is a lot of good stuff there. So I think, you know, at a certain point, maybe it's, it's, it's good to try and, you know, detach yourself a little bit from it. But being passionate about something like this is 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 key to be to being more more than a casual fan because I think it's that passion that's going to um, you know allow you to form those kind of opinions uh, about the property. Yeah, I, I think overall, like, so it's about emotional investment. It's not about yeah. hardcore. Because like, I could say someone is invested if someone may not be able to, you know name more than five clones but they can own a hell of a lot of star wars merch right yeah but we're probably both or matt and that person are probably both hardcore star wars fans does matt own a lot of star wars merch i don't i don't know yeah i've got i've got some star wars merch i still got the stuff that i collected as a kid but then i mean a lot i mean a lot i'm not talking about like a couple shelves i mean a lot i mean like I those that. people who collect like Every Funko that whoa, comes out. Whoa, 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 whoa. A couple of shelves isn't a lot. <laughs> I don't, when it comes to one thing, I don't, like, I'm talking about people who, like, you buy every Funko Pop kind of. Oh, no. yeah. Okay. Right. But, but I would say if you've got that larger collection, you probably meet one of the other criteria that we laid out about like forming a position, uh, forming an opinion, mm -hmm. being emotionally invested. Unless of course you have all that 10, stuff to sell, unless you're just trying to resell it. But then I, if you're just getting that stuff to make money, I don't really think you're a hardcore fan of the property. So mm -hmm. yeah, I was not expecting to discuss this. Uh, we just kind of like fell into it, but it's interesting. It's an interesting uh, topic. All right. Uh, thanks for tuning in.